Let's look at what happened last week as an example. Last week, when the price of silver got clobbered out of nowhere, we saw 25,890,000 ounces dumped onto the market in 15 minutes. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics on a Tuesday morning. And once again, it is that time for our weekly physical silver report with Andy Sheckman of Miles Franklin. Andy was offline last week, so Andy, we missed you, but great to have you back here again today. And unfortunately, a little bit of a rough day in the silver market, as we will get to, although uh, perhaps pull some positives out of that if such a thing can be done. And either case, nice to see you back here again this morning. And how's everything going with you? It's good to be back, Chris. I had... Uh... I don't know. I'm going on three weeks of the of the worst three weeks I can ever remember. Um, getting a kidney stone three weeks ago and uh, two surgeries later and uh, a bunch of rest and rehab. I'm on the mend and almost fully back to normal. But uh, I'll tell you, watching the price of silver fall is somewhat akin to having a kidney stone. I, I jest. It, 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 it's rough, man. It's definitely rough in both respects. It's rough. It's rough to, to believe in something so strongly and to understand the, the fundamentals and, and the logic behind it and see it move counterintuitively. Um, uh, I understand the pain people are feeling, believe me. And uh, although just like my kidney stone being gone and being on the mend and seeing brighter times ahead. I do honestly believe that we will see that exact same thing as it relates to the metals market. Uh, the fundamentals have never, ever, ever, ever been better. And you can sense the desperation. Now, I haven't seen or read what was the trigger to see the price of silver get dropped today. But let's look at what happened last week as an example. Last week, when the price of silver got clobbered out of nowhere, we saw 25,890,000 ounces dumped onto the market in 15 minutes. That's 5,178 COMEX contracts dumped onto the market in a period of 15 minutes to drive the price down. That reeks of desperation. There is not a legitimate trader on the planet who is trying to maximize the return that he or she would get by selling such a massive amount of silver that at the open in New York would dump, in essence, what amounts to uh, what, um, uh, I don't know, a, a massive amount of, of yearly mine supply, a, a, an amount of silver that if it were dumped all at once would guarantee the worst possible settlement and would inflict the most psychological damage. And you can see it's, it's an act of desperation. It makes absolutely no sense. And I'm sure that this volatility that we see is reminiscent, I think, of big moves ahead, at least when we look back over last several years, we see great volatility before we see big moves. And this right here to me is great volatility at the same time, it makes no sense. It lacks, uh, it, it lacks all credibility, it lacks, um, it, it lacks all logic. So why did it fall today? Not sure, but uh, I, I can, if you look at what happened last week after they knocked the hell out of it, it came right back up. So there's great strength and demand in the $23, $24 range. But as it continues to get above 25 and higher, it's meeting a lot of resistance that I think ultimately moves in the other direction when we look at the amount 
of withdrawals that we're seeing coming off the exchange. And when you talk about all the withdrawals coming off the exchange, to me, this year so far, we've seen about 13,000 silver contracts standing for delivery, over 2,000 tons standing for delivery. And, um, you know, I think when you talk about that's just COMEX, let alone the LBMA or, or the ETFs. The price is a tool of misdirection. The biggest money in the world is using this atmosphere, this rhetoric, uh, this price volatility and counterintuitive price action really to allow them to, to corner the physical supply. And I think that's something that's very, very important for people to understand, not just silver. We've seen over 240 tons of gold delivered off of COMEX since January 1st. This is an environment that never was meant to be a delivery mechanism for silver or for gold. And, you know, last week when I was trying to do a little preparation and uh, laying around trying to recover, I noticed that in seven trading days last week and, and a few days prior, we saw 55 tons of, of gold delivered in seven trading sessions. So it's getting to the point where price to me is nothing other than a tool of misdirection for the big money who is using it uh, as 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 a subsidy, if you will, to uh, to de-dollarize? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it it is a little bit unusual to see. Obviously, a lot of the trading driven by whatever the Fed is or isn't doing. Although, as we've talked about plenty, we have a deficit going on. And as I've been reading more and more about in the last couple of weeks, it, it seems like the solar numbers. Uh, and the, the amount of silver that's going to be required to be put in there growing even faster than perhaps many had previously expected in some of the uh, Silver Institute report and other reports that have come out. Um, it seems like we've reached the end of the thrifting of being more efficient with silver in the solar panels. And now some of the uh, panels that are being used more regularly calling for even more silver. And again, you mentioned that we're seeing the decline in inventories. Perhaps the only thing that's held this together is so far that India has basically stopped importing silver uh, compared to what we saw last year. So, uh, yeah, well, but, you know, so they say, I think that they're still probably buying it. Maybe a lot of these countries who, who give us official numbers are really less than genuine. And I read that report. I found that report to be um, startling in it. It talks about the U.S. Geological Survey Society that came out and said that the, the world's silver supply could be completely depleted by 2036. I was kind of blown away by that. It also said that silver is rapidly depleting in Mexico, where they expect, uh, according to the report, to have the majority of all its silver assets in the ground depleted by 2030. And then when you see the second largest mine in the world in Mexico, uh, the Pensaquito mine, I think it's called, uh, you know, shut down for a labor strike. Uh, you see Peru has 7% down in, in uh, between January and April. Their, their production has been 7% down. These are the two biggest silver producing countries in the world. And so you see a falling supply, an increase in demand. You see massive deliveries. Put all this together. The price is bullshit. The price doesn't mean anything. The price is being used to allow an agenda to, to be uh, administered. And the agenda is from the top down, the big, big money. And it's very difficult for an analyst like yourself or, or you know, an amateur analyst like myself to try and make heads or tails of 
why things aren't behaving the way that we would intuitively expect them to behave. And, you know, all I can simply say is that the, the drawdown of supply from the most sophisticated, biggest money in the world betrays everything else that we're seeing in terms of price action. And um, I think people need to take a step back and realize that, that if this were such an asset that was really indicative of its falling price, then why is it disappearing the way that it is? Why are we seeing stockpiles across the globe completely and totally uh, disappear? And, and I think um, that's where people need to really focus on because um, misdirection is, is the name of the game. And in a, in a, in a game that is as vital and important as something like silver, which is, you know, look, it's as much a strategic metal as it is an industrial metal. And just, just in its military uses alone, but in an asset where a branch of the government tells us that it will be gone by 2036 completely uh, by their estimations. Um, yeah. I think, you know, certainly doing what they can to secure this country's national interests or every country's national interests would come far ahead of just about anything else. And if you are going to do that, you are going to use every trick in the book in order to be able to accumulate as much as you can um, securing, I guess, the future of whatever industrial applications silver is needed for as far as the government is concerned. I think this is a lot bigger than just traders controlling the paper price. I think there is a directive from above. Look at the U.S. Mint numbers. Look at the, the, the interview Bix Weir just did with the director of the Silver Eagle program at the U.S. Mint, who admitted that he was told from his superiors to um, just to basically produce as many Silver Eagles as they possibly can the smallest amount they possibly can without getting massive backlash. You actually admitted this on, on an interview. So there's a lot going on that just doesn't make sense unless you realize silver is far more important than the price would, would, would dictate. And seeing the massive deliveries by the biggest, most sophisticated money in the world only underscores that for me. Yeah, I hear you. And seems like the reason it's down a lot often is just that the COMEX opened in New York. So fascinating yeah. to watch as we see this unfold andy i'm curious uh we had the better part of 10 years where people were often throwing in the towel when they would see some of these big plummets <laughs> in the price and then i guess it was back around 2020 when you started mentioning more often that when people saw this they realized it was just a lot of paper being dumped on the market and often were buying more on the days that prices were down i'm curious how that trend has played out how do people react in general uh is volume up on days like this do people say this is a chance to get it cheaper or they're concerned that it's going farther down what's what is the investor reaction often like on days like this well there's usually a lag to see if it starts to slow down um i'll be honest with you the last couple of weeks has been as slow as i've seen it in this industry not just miles franklin but I know a lot of the, the people in this industry and it's as slow as it's been in three years right now. And, you know, I think that you have the summer doldrums, you have price not behaving the way it's supposed to. Um, and it's just somewhat quiet, muted right now. Um, there's been a lot that's gone on recently. I think people are almost overloaded with stimulus. So yes, ultimately in general on a, on a, in a downdrafting market, we see greater demand because people understand the significance of it. 
But right now, in general, I think there's a little bit of fatigue in this industry, and people are just kind of sitting back and letting things play out to see where they're going to get a little bit more of a of an idea, the trend. I think that can be dangerous if you're looking to position, to accumulate. It's difficult to make an investment in something like silver and gold right now when, you know, if you're not really up to speed on the way that the market moves and the volatility and the counterintuitive action, and people are a little confused right now. I understand that. The um, the big money who is able to control the price counterintuitively is good at creating that atmosphere. But look, in three years since we've seen crazy demand for precious metals across the board, with the exception of silver eagles and junk silver, it's probably the best price, availability, immediate delivery, premium across the board. It's, it's, as, it's as good as I've seen it in three years. And this is another thing that's very counterintuitive to me. It makes absolutely no sense because I look around and I see so many things that freak me out as an investor that I just can't quite understand why people have yet to be able to bridge the gap between price and rationale, between price and logic. And there's just this disconnection that I think has created a little bit of a lull in this industry. It's an, it's a it's a hell of a time to buy if that's what you want to do. If you're looking to add to your portfolio in terms of price, premium, availability, delivery time, it's the best it's been in three years, not even close. Dan, have we seen a substantial tick down in the premiums or, or what's going on there? Yeah, they're coming down. They've come down to the lowest level I've seen since 2020. And, you know, again, because it makes no sense, because the fundamentals behind it are moving in the other direction, because the Colmex and the LBMA are being drained by the big investors, it portrays what I think will be an event, a moment. You can see the big money preparing for this. You can see them de-dollarizing. You can see them accumulating by the positioning of the biggest money in the world who is taking all of this silver off of the exchange and preparing for some sort of an event. And that really is part of the problem that I think investors in this country have is that they suffer from recency and normalcy bias where they're not able to look further down the road and say, geez, you know, these, these problems haven't materialized yet, but but the problem hasn't gone away. The underlying issues, maybe you're only getting worse. And so time is difficult. You have to have strong fingertips. You don't buy this to get wealthy. And that's why I always say it is wealth. It, it will be there when you need it. And if you don't, well, so be it. You pass it on to your kids. If you do, you'll be damn glad you have it. Yeah, I hear you. And um, certainly a tenuous environment out there right now. We last week obviously had the Fed pause for the first time since they started their interest rate campaign, suggesting in their dot plot that there are two more hikes coming. Although, again, their summary of economic projections also once again had lower interest rate at the end of 2024 and even lower than that at the end of 2025. So not me suggesting that there's a pivot on the way, but the Fed Board of Governors uh, showing that as much in their economic projections. Andy, one last one uh, before we wrap up for today. I did want to mention, because this came out last week, we had Jared Bernstein confirmed as top Biden economic advisor. And you and I have talked about him before because he had this 
op-ed in uh, the New York Times back in 2014, mentioning that there are few truisms about the world economy, but for decades, one has been the role of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, core principle of American economic policy. Uh, but then he says, new research reveals that once what was once a privilege is now a burden, undermining job growth, pumping up budget and trade deficits to get the American economy back on track. Government needs to drop its commitment to maintaining the dollar's reserve currency status. This was also the same week when Janet Yellen was mentioning that, well, there's not really any alternative out there that she does see the the dollar's role as the dominant currency diminishing in the midst of de-dollarization. And uh, I know you've had some thoughts on Jared Bernstein and just wanted to open that up for anything you'd like to add on that. Yeah, I mean, well, look at all the advisors that Trump has, you know, or excuse me, Trump, that was a Freudian slip. I hope it, I hope it's Trump in the end. But look at all the advisors that that Biden has. He has a guy named Barat Ramaruti, who's he's a he's a guy who says he prioritizes indicators of economic health, like wage growth over market Im indicators. He's a guy who is into progressive um, more progressive income taxes and and cancellation of student debt. And he talks about Wall Street being the least of our worries and shares the, you know, this woke Main Street over Wall Street approach. You got Heather Boucher, who who uh, is co-editor of volume of 22 essays about how to integrate inequality into economic thinking. You have Lael Brainerd, as we've talked about, who wants to get rid of all the commercial banks and, and all the regional banks and go to a central bank digital currency directly from the Fed, get rid of all the banks. And then you have the, the king dollar no more himself, uh, Jared Bernstein, who advocates for losing the world reserve status. Look at the people who are advising our president. And, and in particular, you got, they're all talking about uh, woke agendas, about about wealth redistribution uh, or getting rid of the banks or losing the world reserve stats. Now look, take a step back and look at what's happened. All we see around us are these stupid woke things that are, are, are beyond comprehension. What's going on with corporations like Bud Light and Target. What world do we live in? And then you look at what's happening with the banks, Lael Brainerd. I mean, could she have drawn this up any better? And then you look at the weaponizing of the dollar. Look at Jared Bernstein. It's as if it's as if these these characters have crafted a, a plan to to reset the entire system. If you look at BlackRock, who has, I think, like eleven trillion dollars, somewhere in that eight, 10 or eleven trillion dollars in assets. Larry Fink, the CEO, sent a, an email to all of the companies he invests in prioritizing this ESG, I think it's called, uh, initiative, where, and he even goes and publicly says, if these companies do not embrace this, they do it at their own peril. This is a guy who has way more pull on the U.S. economy than, than just about anyone else, period, on the planet, and, and including uh, George Soros, who's, whose fund is a tiny fraction of, of, of BlackRock. And so you look at this woke agenda, uh, of of redistribution of income of 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 literally changing the whole narrative of this country and all of its corporations away from shareholder capitalism to something completely and totally different where you're you're answering to the woke mob instead of to the people who 
who invest in your company, you look at the crazy things that are happening with the banks and the Fed aiding and abetting this over, this this exodus from the banks by by allowing the reverse repo market uh, to to take on money market funds and keeping rates so much higher than what the banks can offer. There's no question that we're going to see more and more and more money leave the banking system. And as we see companies and corporations bow down to this woke agenda and and not answer to their shareholders, but to this woke agenda, making it more difficult to make a profit, we're going to see more stress in the economy, more stress in the banking industry, falling right into the hand of Lael Brainerd and Jared Bernstein, who wants to lose the dollar's world reserve. And in every single article that you read talking about BRICS and the countries moving away from the dollar, it speaks to the exact same thing, and that is the weaponizing of the dollar. Just like uh, Macron, the president of France, who rumors are that he wants to join BRICS and that he's actually made overtures to come to the August meeting where we are told BRICS will issue a new world reserve currency. That's what Jim Rickards is saying, that it will come out and issue a new reserve currency uh, in the August meeting in, in South Africa. And Macron has formally requested to be there, but he came out and publicly said it's not just the countries that are pissed off about the weaponization of, of the dollar. It's also the European companies and banks who are being sanctioned for their interest in working with countries or institutions that are on this, this sanction list. And so, yeah, I think that this is becoming a, a, a much bigger deal than people, I think, quite grasp. You put these dots together, look at the people advising our president who certainly needs help with advice, but their their belief structure is playing out in real time and you can see it and, and no more scary than uh, Lael, Lael Brainerd and Jared Bernstein and what they in essence seem to be doing is resetting the whole game by losing the world reserve status, blowing up the banks and going to a central bank digital currency, one that bows down to a whole new woke agenda. And it's quite concerning and quite frustrating. It'll be the, my main focus over the next several months to see how this plays out. But similar to what I, I saw with the BRICS three years ago, I see this very clearly. And if this is allowed to continue unchecked, I think uh, the way things work in this country in terms of economics, in terms of capitalism will be greatly changed moving forward. Yeah, I hear you, which certainly will set up quite a next uh, 15, 16, 17 months uh, ahead of next year's election. Uh, when you think this about is why America. the price doesn't matter, Chris. I mean, there's so much shit going on. This is why the price doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it sucks that it's gotten hammered here. But look at all the things that are happening. And you can see why the big money is is using this time to hold down the paper price and de-dollarize and have massive deliveries off of the world's exchanges because they see the playbook too. And if you're that high up, you're close to the circle of information. So to me, that's the most concerning thing of all. Not that the, the markets are being bled down, that's irrefutable, but why? If the price is where it is, why? And if it takes that amount of sophistication to bleed it down, what does it really say? And I think it's that's what people need to understand. We are being misdirected by price and by rhetoric. We are being inundated with all sorts of craziness all around us. Trust your gut, take a step back, look what the biggest money in the world is doing and look at who's advising our administration. They want to change the United States once and for all. And, and in a way that I think will 
certainly not um, not be something fun to go through. So yeah, this is why we own precious metals. This is why I do what I do. This is why I get out here on a day where I'm recovering from surgery in a, at a time when the price is not behaving the way it should and find the strength to come out here and say to people, if this doesn't matter, because in the end, economics and mathematics will win. When we talk about the final numbers. Look, there's $150 trillion in unfunded liabilities on top of a $32 trillion debt we just reached for the first time ever last week, 32 trillion. We got a, almost $200 trillion. How does it get paid for? How? And is it reset? Is it inflated? Is it defaulted? Don't know, but what's happening today doesn't matter. The mathematics will play out. And this is why you own silver and gold right here, right now. And it's as good of a time to prepare for what's coming as, as we've ever seen. And look, if I'm wrong, great. I'm, I'd be the first one to say I'm glad I was wrong in, in, a, in a country where I, you know, I have three, three young kids. I want them to have the opportunities that we had growing up. And sadly, I don't think that's going to be the case. But nonetheless, I'm preparing for it in, in either uh, outcome. And I hope I'm wrong. And if I'm not, I'll be damn glad that I saw this and, and took the time to prepare even though the price really isn't indicative of where we think it will ultimately be, the information that I see is just too hard to ignore. I hope people will take a look and read about the advisors to the president and read their background, do a little research. I think you'll see it's a little concerning. Well, there's a lot of things going on that are a bit concerning, but uh, well laid out as always. So. Andy, in wrapping up, anything uh, in the silver world on special this week, if there are people who are interested in purchasing silver right now? Yeah, I believe now, again, I'm, I believe I'm 99% positive here that we have uh, silver Krugerrands. Actually, let me just double check and make sure that I give you the right thing, as I have been a little bit out of touch here. But I believe we are doing a resumption of last week's special. It'll take me one second, and I'll tell you here... I believe it is the, actually, it is the backdated kangaroo uh, for $3.99 over the price of silver. The backdated silver $4.9 fine Australian kangaroo in stock, ready for immediate delivery, $3.99 over. Pure silver coin in the world, a great choice if you're looking to add to your portfolio, one ounce coins. And remember, these laws that are being passed around the country, U.S., just one last thing about states allowing gold and silver to be used as legal tender. Mm -hmm. uh, just about every one of them says coins made by a sovereign mint, like the Australian Perth Mint. One or two of them, Texas being one, say only US-based coins. But for the majority of the states in this country that are moving to an adoption of gold and silver as legal tender for all debts, public and private, it is important to have some coins. And this is a good one and uh, one that I, I like a lot as being the purest coin in the world, silver coin, and um, a great price in terms of where we've seen things over the last four years. Well, appreciate that, Andy, and appreciate you making some time to join us again. Hope you continue your recovery and go out there and feel better, and uh, we'll just keep tracking what's going on. And certainly an interesting environment with everything playing out out there now that the debt ceiling has been obliterated and like you pointed out, doesn't seem to be any move towards a, a fiscal plan, but that again is why some of us have turned to gold and silver and just appreciate what you're doing and making some time and feel better. And we will see you again next week.
I appreciate you too, Chris. Keep doing what you're doing. What you are doing has never, ever, ever been more important. And sometimes when it's most difficult to see the path, we need people like you to help steer us. So appreciate being here. It is an honor as it always is. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Hopefully uh, much, much more uh, vibrant, filled with energy after a week of, uh, of being uh, completely healthy. So I appreciate you. Well, you take good care of yourself and we'll see you then.